Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Happy Football Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to get to some calls at 8030550. We're going to get to Sal who's joining us on the West Tour Hotline. He, of course, will be on the sidelines. I should probably get you the weather, too. Um, traffic and weather on the 10s or something, I'm not sure. Sal, brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Checked in with Patrick Hammer over at Channel 2. He says light snow developing in the afternoon, expected through the game. Snow won't really accumulate much, though, a coating to maybe an inch. Temperature in the mid-30s, winds only 5 to 10 miles an hour. So all in all... Not a bad weather day for Sal to be on the sidelines. Good morning, Mr. Capaccio. Happy Football Friday. Yeah, you two guys. I mean, I don't think that requires ski goggles with the snow. It's just no. falling. It's not blowing into my face, right? No, just have a nice winter hat on to cover that head of yours. <laughs> so, you know what? Let me you start. Know, well, you know, I got to be honest with you. I, everybody, when it's cold, I don't usually don't wear one. Really? Unless, I mean, it's like Chicago cold. Yeah. And everybody says, what about your head? And a big reason why I don't is... I, I don't like to cover my ears so I can hear the um, the crowd. I, I use one earbud, oh. if you will, yeah, um, to, to hear Murph or Chris Brown right now and Eric. And then in the other one, I like to hear the natural sound of the crowd mm-hmm. and what's going on around me in order to report things. So I don't like to cover those ears, to be honest with you. Okay. I guess that makes sense. I understand that. Let's start with the uh, injuries because knock on wood, you know. It was a pretty good-looking report for the Bills yesterday. There are more questions on the Bengals' injuries this week than the Bills. Yeah, for sure. We'll get to the Bengals in a minute because they are banged up in the offensive line, obviously. But you know, the Bills have had a, a clean injury report pretty much this week except for a couple of limited guys we've been watching and we'll see. And they both play the same position. Defensive tackle Daquan Jones, defensive tackle Jordan Phillips. Both were at practice yesterday. Both were limited. Uh, they were estimated as being limited on Wednesday as well. So at this point... I would say not too much concern, um, but we do know that Jordan Phillips has been dealing with the shoulder uh, for a while. He did miss last week, so obviously that's something to keep an eye on. And Daquan with a calf injury that you know um, showed up this week, even though he's been on the field, is something you have to watch for. Otherwise, everybody's been a full participant, except Jordan Poyer, who does have the knee injury he's been dealing with. He got a vet rest slash knee, so basically they're just maintaining that injury, and I don't, wouldn't be concerned about it at this point. He's Jordan Poyer. He's going to play. Sal, these are two fantastic offenses. Sometimes it might be a little harder to score in the playoffs. I don't know. I'm just, 
Are you expecting, a lot of us are, myself included, expecting the big shootout, you know, like maybe both teams get over 30 points because their offenses are so good and the quarterbacks are both elite. What are you expecting Sunday? You know, I, I go back and forth. I kind of do. I like. I keep thinking to myself. I think it might take like thirty-one points to win this game. Mm-hmm. Right. I could. I just think because the quarterbacks are so good, because both teams can move the ball so well. Like, why wouldn't you expect them to be able to do that? But then I think about the X's and O's and how team each team is going to play each other. And I, I have a feeling that each defense is going to do whatever it can to just slow down and make the other offense work for everything they get, you know. And that's going to slow the game down. That's going to shorten the game, um, you know. And you might have the teams might force something, which is I'm sure going to happen with both these quarterbacks at some point. Um, but for that reason, I think maybe it'll be a little bit lower. Uh, but yeah, I I just I can't get out of my mind that it, it is Burrow and Allen, and we've been kind of crescendoing to this really since last year, if you will. And these are two higher scoring teams. Of course, the Bills. The Bills are higher scoring than them, but that gets me more to that point that you know that they'll probably they'll probably be able to put points on the board, even if defenses do do that. There's going to be opportunity given their weapons and given you know the Bills and Josh Allen that they're going to be able to put some points on the board. Generally speaking, I didn't want to necessarily break it down by certain positions. You can if you want, but generally speaking, what do you think of the Bengals' defense? Um. I think that they can play really well at times. I think they're a bit inconsistent. Um, they've played some lesser offenses and gave up points and yards this year. Uh, but there's been times where they've made some big plays and they've played really solid, consistent defense. Um, I think you really have to kind of pick your spots on them. There's some top opportunity there. And if the Bills can do that, they'll have some chances. But this is not a pushover by any means. I think the Bills can move the ball on them. Uh, they're a very good red zone defense, just like the Bills. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job in goal to go, especially. They don't allow you much down there. So in a lot of ways, I think they're very philosophically like the Bills. They're not as talented, I think, overall, 11 for 11. Uh, but I think that they have good players at all three levels. And, you know, that, that poses challenges because the longer you go, the the more chance that they're going to have to make a play on a ball or do something. And they do pride themselves, especially, uh, you know, this time of year, like they did last year on getting to the ball and turning turning you over. Sal, when uh, it, it, McKenzie is trending, I assume he's trending towards playing on Sunday. If that's indeed the case, who dresses? Did they dress everybody? Mm-hmm. Beasley, Brown, Shakir? That would be six receivers. How do you think that might play out? Or what, what do you think the Bills should do with that position? It's a great question. I don't know. Um, I've thought about this week, too. I don't know if this is a game where John Brown gets elevated. You know, maybe mm-hmm. not. Right. If Isaiah McKenzie's available, I don't know if that's something you need to do. You know, given the fact that they're a little bit banged up on the defensive line, you might need to have one of those elevations for a guy like Brandon Bryant or Ilianku last week. Um, maybe that's something you have to do. That leaves you one more. Um, I, I'm, I wonder, like, is this a game where, hey, it's the, it's the playoffs and – Khalil Shakir, you know, he, he had a big drop last week. He also had a big catch. So maybe he's the one that sits out because you want more of the veteran guys out there you know, and guys who've been down this road before. It's a really good question. I don't know. They have options, which is really good. Oh, and then, by the way, don't forget, they could activate Jamison Crowder if they wanted. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> I him. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, like if they want by tomorrow at 4 p.m., they could activate Jamison Crowder and he could be, you know, um, on, on the field. So it's going to be a really it, – it, it's a it's a good problem to have, I guess, but – 
But you also have to plan it right. You know, I mean, just because you have all these options doesn't mean you're always going to choose wisely. So I think that's the the challenge is making sure that they choose the the right option here. We are with Sal on, on our Western Hotline, 803-0550 to join us as we talk everything Bills Bengals. We will get connected with our fans and Brad and Lackawanna. You're on with Sal. Go right ahead. Brad. No. Right. Okay, Brad, try us back. We've got a really, really bad connection. So, um, in terms of, I'll follow up usage questions with you, Sal, with another usage question. What about Cook, Singletary, you know, snap counts, touches? It's kind of shifted a little bit later in the season. What, what do you think, or what's the best approach for the Bills, you think, with their running back usage in this game? I like what they've been doing lately. I mean, it's really kind of been a more of a 50-50 share. I mean, not exactly, obviously. But I think both these guys can contribute. I think they trust them both right now. They both bring a bit of a different element. We know that, you know, Cook is, you know, the, the more explosive one, if you will. Um, but, you know, I think Singletary is also very reliable. He's been efficient. He's the guy they relied on down the stretch. Last week, you look at the last two weeks, you know, James Cook outsnapped Singletary in that, um, in that New England game, 33 to 24. Uh, now, obviously, Singletary didn't. I think he he sat out. I think you know a couple of series on there. I'm looking back at last week. I think Singletary outsnapped him quite a bit last week. Maybe not quite a bit, but I think it was like maybe a 60-40 or 65-35 split or something like that, if I remember right. So they've kind of gone back and forth um, in that regard. Yeah, I and then look if you go back to when they played in Cincinnati in the game that was stopped after nine minutes. I think if I remember right, you can't really find the play-by-play on this, so I can't go back and check specifically. Um, James Cook was a pretty good part of that. He had a really nice run at one point. I wouldn't be surprised if you know you see the same kind of thing. By the way, last week Singletary forty-one, Cook twenty-three. So again, yeah. still Singletary there, but they're using James Cook. Um, I, I think more of the same here. I bet you at the end of the day, if they have seventy-five plays, you're talking probably about Singletary with somewhere between you know forty, forty-five, and James Cook the rest of them, which is still Singletary tilted to him, but James Cook still getting a healthy amount. Before we get your thoughts on the keys to the game, improving the game plan, I also wanted to ask you on offense about Dawson Knox because we spent a, a decent chunk of the season. His, you know, we're talking about boy, his numbers are down. I know, obviously, he dealt with an unbelievable personal tragedy. He's really come on down the stretch, Sal. If you could just talk about his impact on this offense, he's got a touchdown now in five straight games. We know about what kind of a red zone weapon he is, and obviously, he has a, a very good chemistry that they've built over time between he and Josh Allen. Yeah, they've really kind of gone back to really using him in those situations. I think for much of this year, it seems like you know they really didn't uh, go to him as much in the red zone, especially. He had nine touchdowns last year, didn't have those numbers. Now suddenly, bam, here he comes. He's a touchdown machine lately, and you know it's just it's obviously a, a weapon you'd love to have because teams are starting to take away Stephon Diggs as much as they can. Now the Dolphins did that in the second half last week. They didn't do it in the first half, uh, but. When that happens, you have to have other weapons. And right now, you know Dawson Knox. It's not just the production of you know the results. The targets are there as well. Um, he had seven targets against the Jets, eight targets against Miami, another five targets against Chicago in a game they didn't throw it a ton. So they're looking for him. He's becoming a bigger part of this offense for sure. And that's always a good thing, obviously, when you see a production from a tight end to give you another weapon. But they trust him in the run game. He plays a lot. He's on the field all the time. So he becomes a guy that when he's on the field, the defense has to say, okay, you don't know exactly if they're going to be running or passing. He can do a little bit of both. So, yeah, I, I see the uptick, and I think that the Bills are really 
you know, maybe focusing more on saying, okay, we have a guy we can get to in the red zone here. Let's maybe make sure we have a couple of ways, design things to do to make sure, you know, we can get him open. All right, Coach Sal, time to improve the game plan. Brought to you by Bath Fitter. Improve your bath in one day. It just fits. Bathfitterbuffalo.com. All right, it's Saturday night. You're in the team hotel, and McDermott says, Sal, what do you want? What's your message to the boys? What, what, what are the keys to the game, Coach? Well, the key to this game, I think, and I've been saying it all week, is the Buffalo Bills defensive line has to win against the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. To, to me, like this, this is a spot where this is why they signed all those guys in the offseason. This is why they used all these high draft picks the last several years. On Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, and Oliver, signing Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle. I mean, yeah, you'd love to have Von Miller, and I can include him, but even without him, mm-hmm. it was the number one group they overhauled this offseason, and now you're going against an offensive line that, getting back to the injuries, once again, starting guard Alex Kappa didn't practice. Offensive tackle Jonah Williams didn't practice. I mean, it is really trending towards they are not going to be available. We know offensive lineman Leo Collins isn't going to be available. He's out for the year. You could have three of five backup offensive linemen, and to me, that's the key to this game. That that group needs to dominate on, on their side of the ball, and, and I think if the Bills can do that, they have a, a great, great chance to advance in this game. If if they can't do that and the Bengals find a way for those guys to really kind of get the job done, even you know, close to what they would hope, then it could be a tough day for the Bills. So with regard to the defensive linemen winning, I also wonder if, you know, with new offensive linemen in there and guys that maybe haven't played a lot together, would the Bills be more eager to blitz more because you know blitzing is of course about bringing more numbers but it's also about creating confusion and if Cincinnati's got guys up there that maybe aren't as uh you know well versed in their offense as their starting guys I wonder do you think the Bills would want to attack that weakness itself as well I've thought about it Jeremy it's a great question I think you could make an argument for it I I think at the end of the day though if you look back at the last two weeks the way the Ravens played the Bengals they just didn't blitz and the Ravens they're not afraid to blitz right but they just didn't do it and they, they forced Burrow. They said, we're going to get pressure with front four, and we're going to have to make you find guys. And it, it worked for the Ravens. Um, yes, I think at times, that like if you get a big third and six, <clears throat> suddenly here comes Matt Milano on a blitz or Taron Johnson. Yes, I think there are times where the Bills should do this, and they probably will do this. I think overall, though, if you blitz, Burrow, has he's very good against the blitz. And part of that is, a big part, they have such good weapons, these guys can win early. Right, If he sees the blitz, bam, there's Jamar Chase, there's T. Higgins, there's Tyler Boyd off the line, even Joe Mixon out of the backfield. I mean, they have a very, they, they, they have a very good quarterback, as we know, and they have great weapons. So, yes, I think that's right, but, man, you are playing with fire if you do that. And I don't know if the Bills need to do that in this game. I think that they can – the, the ideal scenario here is, like it is every week, but I think especially here after seeing what the, the Ravens did and after knowing what their offensive line is – you get home with four if you can. You put pressure on with four, and you you just make sure you they they do not have anywhere to throw. They're going to go with the quick game. I cannot see the Bengals' offensive game plan, including five-step drops and seven-step drops for Joe Burrow, given the offensive line situation. So to honestly, Jeremy, like even if you do that for confusion, I think the ball's out of his hands. I don't know if it's going to matter. Let's get connected with our fans, and we'll go to Tom and West Seneca. You're on with Sal. Go right ahead. Good morning, Sal. Um, my question is, is um, Cole Beasley activated for this game? 
And would um, Shakir be uh, sat or um, somebody else? And also, um, the defense, uh, the defense alignment that's been out for six weeks, seven weeks now. Um, we signed him in the, in the off season. Uh, number ninety-seven, Jordan Phillips. Uh, Phillips, I believe it's. Phillips. Oh, he hasn't been out six or seven weeks. I mean, he's been playing. He just missed last week. Oh, it just okay. I apologize. I thought I thought he was out. I thought he was out um, a, a few weeks. Um, what what would you would you how, how would you play against against a run with uh, with Jordan Phillips? Would you hold him in there? Or would you or would you send him off the edge to push to push um, Burrow inside if he has to run too or no? Well, Jordan Phillips isn't a defensive end. No, I would not put him on the edge. He's a defensive tackle. He's a penetrating defensive tackle, and that's his spot. Um, what I, I would say this, but we just talked about Beasley and the receivers in case you missed it. Cole Beasley is on the active roster. They don't have to elevate him. He's already signed to the active roster. So the question would be, oh, okay. would he be would he be actually on the active roster or inactive like a healthy scratch? So, yeah. Um, but, no, Jordan Phillips, you know, he missed a couple of games, like maybe early uh, a few weeks ago, but he's pretty much played most of the year, um, except he did miss some time, I could say. And what I'm saying is he's been in and out of the lineup. He didn't miss like six straight games. Um, and then... But, you know, he's not a defensive end. He's a defensive tackle. He's a penetrating defensive tackle. The question is, is he healthy enough to play? Are you compromising him by playing? Are you compromising your defense by playing him? And I do think that this is a game. You know, guys, you go back to last week. Howard and Jeremy, you go back to last week. And, you know, the the Bills defensive line, I heard a lot of people say, well, they should have really dominated that old line. They didn't get a lot of pressure on Skylar Thompson. I don't think they tried to. I don't think they were trying to penetrate. I think they were trying to make sure that the Dolphins just didn't run and say, we we – we hold here, and we bet that Skylar Thompson can't beat our secondary. And I think this week could be different. I think this yeah. week might be pin your ears back and go after Joe Burrow and try and get to him from that group. We will find out, and uh, we will talk about it with you either way on Monday, Mr. Capaccio. Oh, go ahead, get a plug-in for the Extra Point Show. I, uh, McDerm- Coach McDermott with you boys today? Yeah, a little after 10 a.m. today uh, is when we're expecting him. So uh, be ready early on, in the game, early on in the show. Very good. All right, thank you, sir. Have fun Sunday. You got it. Sal with us here on the Western Hotline, brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it is the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Ours is talking about the Bills and Bengals with you, 8030550. Plus, it is Football Friday, plus special night at the arena last night. Great ceremony, packed house for the Ryan Miller night. It was a fantastic ceremony and then a really great game. Big win for the Sabres. We're going to recap it all with Paul Hamilton. He's coming up. In a moment, Pantera is coming to Darien Lake with special guest Hailstorm on August 9th. Tickets are going on sale today at Ticketmaster.com. New this season, for those of you planning to go to Darien Lake Amphitheater, oversized parking passes are required. So if you're, taking, uh, you go, you're used to taking a bus or a limo or an RV to go to a show at Darien Lake, you must purchase a parking pass for the oversized lot. You can find those at LiveNation.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast got over top of aho comes back at dolene meanwhile pass out front scores victor olison has tied the game at two I'm going to make that one of the moments of the game last night. Dan Dunleavy on the call. First, uh, moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. Olofsson. What's he going to finish with? That was, what 40? Was say? That was 20, what was it? That He's was got 19. 19th. In 44 games. I'm going to go 37. He has 13 even strength goals. That's good. Yeah. That's Because how many years ago were we talking about everything was on the power play for him? But, hey, guess what? Paul's on the Western Hotline this morning. Very excited to have Mr. Paul Hamilton with us. Um, hang on, wait a minute, Paul. I got to tell people who are bringing who are bringing you to us. That would be Equitable Advisors thinking about today, planning for tomorrow. And by relax, on to relax. We got this. Good morning, Paul Hamilton. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? I am a nervous wreck, Paul. I'm having panic attacks. Why? 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 There's a game you're of me on. No, no, yeah, right. I'm intimidated by. You. There's a game <laughs> of slight importance Sunday at three in Orchard Park. I am a nervous wreck today. Oh, I thought you meant the game at twelve twelve thirty against Saturday. the Ducks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I pretty. Thought f- that was making you nervous. <sighs> no, I'm. I have to breathe normally. Uh, hey, quick Bills Bengals thought, Paul. Give me your. Uh, I don't even that prediction. But what do you what are you thinking about? How you feeling? You feeling positive about this one? Tell me not to be nervous. Sunday? Yeah. If you want me to tell you not to be nervous, we should probably just get going on the same. Oh, that's mm. nice. That's <laughs> nice. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. You know, that's why, you, that's why you're a close friend. You're always there when I need you most. <laughs> Bills are going to win, Paul. Don't worry about it. You know what? The Bills are going to play their best overall game in months, and they're going to win the football game Sunday. I'm very, I very convinced. I, I wish I could remember the... ESPN reporter who 
I just can't remember her name, who was talking about she was there with the Bengals, and they were like, she goes, they don't just think they're going to win. They think they're going to win easily. Yeah, that's how the Bengals. That's because they're out. angry because the Bills have been se- selling AFC Championship game tickets this week. So, <laughs> so stupid. All right, Pham. You know Ryan Miller. Let's start there because the ceremony was extremely well done last night. You're in the building for that. What'd you think of of how it was put together and how it went? They just do so well. The last couple of years, now that uh, you know some people are allowed to do their jobs and and they're very good at them. Uh, the, the, the ceremonies they've put together in the last couple of years are just class A. They do a great, great job. The Miller ceremony was no different. Uh, you know, just uh, every, everything about it was good. And I think the fans who were there and the people watching on TV really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know, you know, since I'm at those things, I, I don't know how they translate onto TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how they are when you're live. Um, you know, I know Joe missed it because he was in his autograph booth. I was trying to get over there and, and get one of Joe's autographs, but I couldn't get near the thing. That's so, a long uh, line. Yeah. You got to know somebody. I, <laughs> but yeah, they just did a fantastic job. And, and the whole thing, I mean, even after the overtime goal, here's Ryan Miller on the ice, you know, yeah. interacting with the players and, and, and I think the players loved having him out there. I mean, they wouldn't let him leave. I mean, they were like, all right, we're taking a picture. Get over here. Yeah. You know, type of a thing. And and uh, just the whole thing. And you know what? The fans didn't leave. When the goal was scored, I looked up and I go, you know what? I would say about 85% of the fans are still here. Nobody's left here. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, the Sabres tied it up late. It, it, it wasn't like, you know, so it, it was a one-goal game, and very often, the, you know, especially if the other goaltender's standing on his head, which Sorokin certainly was, yeah. um, you know, people start filing out. It's like, all right, time to go. They didn't. They were there. They were there to the bitter end, and that building was, was playoff loud. It was, I mean, the, fan, the, the, the players got a little taste of what it would be like if they were in a seven-game series and start winning overtime games and that kind of stuff. I do think, yeah, you know, when they get the full building, I mean, it's happened a few times this season, Paul. I mean, I want them to win every game, of course, but super important to me. I like seeing them win when they got that full house because you're trying to win these fans back. You're trying to get back to the point where the the crowd last night is a standard crowd for a Sabres game, and I thought – And I'm so glad they won because you know what? They played well. They deserved to win. They really attacked in the game last night. They had some glorious chances. You mentioned Sorokin. He's the only reason why that game was close. So for them to play the way they did and then have the payoff at the end on the special night with the full building, it it all added up to a really, really wonderful moment. And the Sabres never quit. Not only did Sorokin play well, between Sorokin and the block shots, and the Islanders are the best at blocking shots. They had 28 of them. They had 73 shots that were either stopped by an Islander goaltender or one of their mm. players. Wow. 73. <laughs> I mean, but the Sabres stuck with it. They didn't get frustrated with it. They could have, um, you know, because those, the Islanders are in shot lanes every time, and the Sabres are just like, okay, we'll try again. And if you block that one, we'll try again. And one of them's going through. And they and it was. And finally... They found Olison, who had to really pick the corner on Sorokin. 
He did put it right inside the post uh, with with some mustard on it, and uh, you know they wind up tying the game. And um, Cousins, wow, on the breakaway, uh, you know he won that battle. And, and that's why I always say too. I, I, I don't know if you guys have heard me say. I always believe, especially when I watch shootouts and they they crawl in there. I think the faster you go in, you have the advantage on the goaltender. Yeah, I always felt that way. I, I'll tell you what, I never would have scored on any goaltender crawling in there on a breakaway, ever. But with speed-wise, yeah. Uh, you know, it made a, for me, it made all the difference in the world. It was a nice play, Paul. It really was when you go back. I went back to look at it, and just Darlene, you know, Cousins, like you said, with speed, Cousins starts inside the Sabre zone. He curls inside the blue line and shoots up ice. And I, I it's, it, was like, it was like Josh Allen hitting Stefan Diggs in stride. It was a really nice play and give Cousins full marks, right, for batting the puck down, controlling it, and then finishing the play. And Parise's been in this league, like, since the early 50s, and how does he let him go? I mean, he's with him, he sees him turn, yeah. and he lets him go. Uh, it's Maybe he just thought, well, well we're fine, there's no way Darlene's going to hit him up here. I don't know what he was thinking, but he just let him go, and, you know, Cousins can fly, and you, you let him go like that, and... You know, and he's got a deceptive shot. A lot of times, you know, he beats goaltenders, and you wonder how because you think, well, the goaltender should add that, whatever. But there's something with his shot that is very deceptive, and uh, he winds up scoring goals with them and uh, sent sent Ryan Miller and the fans home happy. You know who else played well last night? The Sabers goalie. Not volume. He didn't face a lot of shots, but he made some really clutch saves. I mean, well, I know we'll all point out. The one, you know, what, with seven seconds left against Beauvillier. But even before that, he made some clutch saves in a tight game, and he came up, I thought, he came up really big. That one at the end of regulation obviously saved the game. Yeah, and that's what drives me crazy about NHL refereeing. Both teams should have been sitting in the penalty box within within a minute of that. Uh, The Sabres tripped up, blatantly tripped up the Islander defenseman behind the net. No call on that. And then there was the same thing almost, and the Islanders, did the same thing, pulled down one of the Sabres. In this case, though, it caused the two-on-one. You know, and that's, wait, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're giving them a two-on-one because you decide, as referees, you don't want to decide the game. And, you know, so, you know, both teams should have been sitting in the box, and that's what I want. I don't want to see, yeah, I know scoring chances are great and whatever, but we, if you're going to have rules, or just write it in your rule book that we aren't going to call penalties in the last two minutes of the game. You can do whatever you want, whatever you want, and that that scoring chance never should have happened. There should have been one of the Islanders sitting in the penalty box with one of the Sabers. I mean, that that just drives me insane. And somebody would say, "All right, well, we saw it off. Both teams should have gotten penalties. No, both teams should have got penalties, and you wouldn't have seen that two on one. And yes, Lukanen made a great save there." And that's what I like about Luke. And you, you can even go back like the Minnesota six to five win. Yeah, I let in five goals, but that was another game where when they needed a save, he made it. You know, and, and that's yep. part of it. You, you, making the big save at the big time. You know, that's that's one thing that he seems to be able to do lately. Giving you one last chance, Paul. I, all I need to hear is Bills by a million. Um. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, you get back uh, to me on that. I haven't, I haven't, you know, really got dove into the Ducks yet. So, uh, oh you know, God. I'd like to tell you about the Ducks, and and you know, I know oh, they're not I'll, one of very good teams. I'll, I'll tell you something about the Ducks. 
They're on pace to potentially be the worst team in like 50 years. They're trending behind a tank saver team. I was going to bring up the tank. And behind the Red Wings of two years ago or three years ago, the Ducks might have the few, the lowest point total in like 40 Wasn't years. Wasn't there like an awful Flyers team a while back well, that ended up with like 50 points? We could have had the same conversation about the Blackhawks a couple of days ago, and the Sabres had a 3-1 to one lead in that game, and they came home with... There you go, downer Loss. Paul again. Wet blanket <laughs> Hamilton. Yeah, well, you just killed him, <laughs> Hamilton. I, you know, you know what? Uh, this this week's going kinda kinda the way I thought it would. I thought they'd win in Chicago, being yeah. on the road. Right. They got a point. I mean, they didn't lose in regulation, but I thought they'd win. I figured they'd do exactly what they did against the Islanders. Big game. Ryan Miller, I knew it would be a great ceremony. The fans were going wild. They wa- they were just waiting to explode. They did. The, the Sabres gave him a great game, and I thought, you, would, you know, you get the win there, and then it was like, how did we ever lose to the Ducks type of a thing? You know, because there's, you know, there won't be that many people in there. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing this young team has to learn. You know, you, boy, you, you have a big night, and a lot of people, they're, they're always going to play well and give it everything, and, you know, they, they win those games. I think they've won every one of them, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> but you get 11,000 people in there who are kind of like, okay, when you do something good, we'll cheer. Otherwise, we're just going to kind of hang out. Mm-hmm. And then they play down to the crowd. And this young group has to learn you can't play up to the crowd and then down to the crowd every time you have people in there, and that's why you have 14 home losses uh, because of that. So maybe maybe on Saturday they can figure that out because, you know, I'm, I'm sure the crowd's going to be nothing like it was for Ryan Miller night. All right, we will see, Mr. Hamilton. Thank you, as always, for your time on the show, and have a great weekend, sir. All right, take care. All right, Paul. Hey, final stats from the game. Let's get you those real quick. Brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Goal scorer is Tuck is 22nd. Olofsson is 19th. The game winner from Cousins is 15th. We mentioned UPL. Not a big number, 24 saves, but some really big ones. In the standings, the Sabres are four points back of the number two wild card, which this morning is held by the Penguins, who, by the way, are even in games played with the Buffalo Sabres at 44. Again, some of your final stats from the game last night. It is Football Friday. We are talking Bills-Bengals as well. What is your number one reason for confidence, number one, and your number one concern about this matchup? You can uh, join us at 803-0550. Anything else you want to get to? The game from last night, the other playoff matchup this weekend. That's fine, too. Football Friday on WGR is presented by Topps Markets. Rush to the Topps Red Zone for winning savings. And by Svetka, an official sponsor of... Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The Buffalo Bills. Short memory and just trying to move on. Obviously wanting to make good decisions and out of the whole game, I think I made one bad decision. It was the, the deep ball to, to John, and we want to end every possession with the ball in our hands, whether it's a touchdown, you know, punting it away, or, or kicking a field goal, and that's that's our mindset that'll never change. And you know, there is a, a thin line between being aggressive and, and um, <laughs> being a little bit reckless. So, again, just you know, getting back on the right side of that line and uh, being being smart, but being not being conservative. Man, Josh Allen, I am. I've just tweeted out, and I'm reading. A piece from Ali Connolly, who's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. He has a Substack read optional on Allen and the Bills passing him against Miami and what we might see, what Cincinnati might think about doing. This piece is amazing. It is maybe I feel like it's amazing because it's a confirmation of everything we thought about that game. Yeah, it, it kind of takes what we've all been using as an eyeball test and puts it in words. Yeah, and one of the things that Ali For the Con- last what two months? Yeah, that Ali Connolly writes in here. It's funny. He says, Allen's latest performance, it's as if he had access to some intel that we did not. Does this dude know his arm's going to fall off in 40 throws? Did he lose a bet? Was he trying to win the game on every single throw? Is this a skills contest or a football game? Is this some Larry Bird where he can only shoot left-handed? He's basically saying, like, Dorsey and Allen have this thing where they know he does that really well. He can throw vertically. He's a freak. And the Dolphins invited it, and it added some chaos to the game and that there's no telling if it's ultimately going to work but I'll, you know his his breakdown of the Bills offense is basically it has been since Allen's injury leaning more into downfield deep shots and his depth of target has ballooned yeah he's now number since the injury he is number 1 in the league in depth of target I don't want to don't tell him this is called a tease in our business but everything you were reading to me like my impression certainly of the Miami game was hey Josh you got to make smarter decisions you know take the check down take what's there the troubling part of what you told me so far from the article we will discuss next because it's less about Allen and more about Ken Dorsey which to me I found really interesting and actually worrisome quite honestly 8030550 hey quick update on the DeMar Hamlin front too where I think we're all wondering again is it possible he'll be at the game on Sunday you know he's been in the facility uh, as Sean McDermott said, dipping the toe back in the water a little bit. He has not been in meetings, but he's been in the building. Uh, this is from Coley Harvey, ESPN.com. He spoke with Jordan Rooney, a longtime friend and business partner of DeMar Hamlin. Rooney said, um, still a lengthy recovery ahead for DeMar Hamlin, that Hamlin still requires oxygen and is having his heart monitored regularly. Yes, he visited the team a few times, but he still gets winded very easily. So I, you know, we'll see. We all want him to be there. It would be a wonderful moment if he's in the building on Sunday. But um, while he has showed up at the facility, 
he's still dealing with some issues, including getting winded very easily. So we'll see. I don't know if he'll be there on Sunday, but obviously we would love to see that. And if he is there, I think one thing that I would assume the uh, cameras will be looking for is somewhere pregame, if Hamlin's down on the field, T. Higgins from the Bengals this week was talking about how he hopes to see Hamlin at some point this weekend because, uh, you know, he was the guy on the play and, you know, crazy people in the social media world started blaming T. Higgins. uh, And Higgins said it would be nice just to, quote, chop it up, laugh and giggle and be happy with him. So I'd feel good for T. Higgins if he has a chance to uh, see Demar Hamlin at the game on Sunday. It is Bills Bengals Sunday. All right, we want to hear from you. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Got a couple hours left with us, so you tell us the number one reason you feel good about the Bills' chances Sunday. Conversely, what would be your number one reason for concern this morning? You can grab a line and join us. Uh, we'll talk more about this article about Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, and the Bills' offense coming up just a moment. Chris Brown joins us at eight thirty as well. Football Friday on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.